0: All right, well, I I gotta go. are we
1: still recording? Yeah,
0: no, you're good. Thanks for the... I don't care. But uh, I don't care what sound bites you guys use. I could say anything on here. And I wouldn't care. Uh, But no, thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, we love you.
1: Welcome into the film room. I'm Justin Graver. With me tonight, as always, is James Esparza. And a special guest... Zach Lyons, aka Zeebo, of the Football and Other F-Words podcast. And we covered a lot, everything to do with Titans-Patriots and a whole lot more, big long argument about who the face of the franchise is, what we need to see from Mariota in the Patriots preseason game, the way I pronounce Mariota with an emphasis on the T, and so much more, so stick around. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Just search Music City Miracles wherever you get your podcasts. That's how you can find us and MCM Radio with Jimmy and Terry. Follow Zach on Twitter at Fwordspod. Check out the football and other Fwords website, fwordspodcast.com, and check out their Patreon page, patreon.com slash fwordspod. You can follow James on Twitter at South Texas Titan. Find me at Titans Film Room. And without further ado, we will play. This intro clip thingy, hit it for me now, hit it.
0: Well, I think when it comes down to it, it's just we have to live up to the standard that we've all kind of set for ourselves. Um, You know, it's going to be hot. You know, things aren't always going to go your way. You just have to kind of take it on the chin and move on. And, um, you know, when when it's all said and done, if you have a sense of urgency and you play with effort, Um, More times than not, you'll be in a good spot.
1: That was Marcus Mariota speaking after Wednesday's training camp practice. Mariota will be a big topic of discussion for us tonight because he is just that guy right now. So we'll get into all that and more. I'm going to play a quick soundbite to introduce our guest and we will really get started. The first guy is just a maker of power ballads. It's Zeebo.
0: <laughs> Let me just say, you play some uh, a "Way You Move" right now. I definitely nail it.
1: He likes the way you move. That's right. Our guest tonight is Zach Lyons, aka Zeebo, aka at F Pod. That clip was from the F Words Podcast. Zach, welcome into our show. Thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for having me. Sorry, I didn't have a song prepared for you guys, but hey, I do like the way you move.
1: <laughs> if you guys out there don't listen to F words podcast, you are missing out, you can find them on Twitter at F pod Zach runs the account. Or you can go to their Patreon page, patreon.com slash F pod for much more exclusive content.
0: Yeah, we do have a couple exclusive episodes out there for uh our Patreons patrons. I think they're it's a patre- it's patreon.com, but I think they're called patrons. Right. Which patre- is really confusing
1: very it's just a normal word for patron correct anyway <laughs> can you talk a little bit about why you stopped doing the ad reads the musical uh, ad yeah. reads
0: yeah uh it's because i got addicted and they were con- consuming my life to an unhealthy degree because anytime i was out anywhere and heard a song i was thinking of how to make it a sh- song about shirts for the Ville 615 and bleeding nipples um uh, You know, you got to fit everything in there because it's an ad read. So you got to make sure you hit all the notes. And, you know, I'm out with my fiance. We're in Savannah, Georgia at a sports bar. And all I'm doing is thinking, she goes, what are you thinking about? I go, well, I'm thinking about the song and thinking about how can I turn this into a shirt song? And she goes, you're here with me on vacation. And this is what you're thinking about. (laughs) And at that point, I knew I had a problem. So I had to uh, put myself into timeout. I was also I was also hiding in cars, recording on my phone whenever I had a song idea and stuff. So uh, I worked at a car dealership. I wasn't just hiding in random cars of people. Uh, but sure? So, yeah, so it was just it was just a strange thing that took over my life to try to top week after week. And I just had to put myself on a vacation from it.
2: What kind of dealership was it?
0: Uh, a car dealership. Uh, Chevy, Buick, GMC, and Ford.
2: So, like, when you see like a, a certain Chevy or something, you're like, "Oh, I could have shot an ad in that."
0: Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I think about maybe that's the Colorado that I sang uh, the um, a shirt song in. I'm trying. To, I was trying to think of one of the ones that did, but
1: <laughs> I'm glad that they're back. I think I speak for everyone when I say that we're glad that those they're coming been.
0: back. I, ha- I haven't haven't made one yet, but they, they are coming.
1: You know, F-Words Pod is a great podcast, but sometimes I wonder if we should be feuding.
0: Well, I mean, we could probably start a feud, but, I mean, there's four of us, and I I think we have age on you guys. So we have experience. So, I mean, if you're one to get into a feud... It could be detrimental to you guys starting out because you're just a little baby podcast starting out. And I, we don't want to hinder you from growing.
1: See, I think we could jump on a little bit of the clout that you guys have already gathered for yourselves and try to steal it. You yeah. Know?
0: Well, I mean, you got the Titans Film Room account. I mean, you just hit uh, 10,000 followers. Woo! A lot, a lot of you begged. For it a lot and, and that's fine. I mean, Let I don't pass you. And there's a lot of burner accounts to probably follow you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, soon if that will probably Twitter will do one of those sweeps and I'll get knocked down. And you know, it, you know it's tough. It's tough life out there. You know, it for a guy, you're gathering of followers, <laughs> but you know, you know it's it's respectable. You got game. You got clout. I would kill for some of the clout. <laughs>
1: You know, I mean, I never publicly begged. That was only in group chats.
2: So let's
1: keep that straight on the record.
2: And I have a distinguished university, so there's that too. That is true.
1: (laughs) If you're not following at STT University, you're missing out on the best Titans memes on the internet up there on Matt Neely quality.
2: Yeah. And
1: I
0: actually teach a guest lecture uh, there Uh, probably it's usually the third Thursday of every month. Uh, I'm there teaching classes, talking to students and stuff. So it's really good.
2: It's back to school, baby. Let's go.
0: Let's do
2: it.
1: The Titans practiced with the New England Patriots in Nashville this week. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This,
2: uh, big, big brother came to town.
1: Well, (laughs) big brother, (laughs) big, big, maybe little brother after last season. You know what I'm saying? That's true. No, it's not
2: true. (laughs) I was like, they got a Super Bowl, so I didn't want to rub it in. If you
1: missed it, Tom Brady gave Mike Vrabel a small trophy today. Inscribed on that trophy was the score of last year's Titans-Patriots game. Almost as if to say, here's your little baby trophy for winning a regular season matchup. We'll enjoy our Lombardi that we got stashed back at the team facility. What do you guys think of this Tom Brady-Mike Vrabel trash talk shit?
0: I... Love it. I I love the interaction, but I particularly love this cut down because it's I'm a I I appreciate a good troll job. And this was such a good troll job and such a good gift and prank to give Mike Vrabel. Because what are you going to do? It's a small trophy like that. That that shows to me that the Patriots like, yeah, you beat us. Whatever. I mean, we have a Super Bowl, so deal
2: with it. It, it makes me happy to think that that's probably on his desk.
1: Somebody asked him in the press conference after practice, where is it? And he said, I don't even know. Like, he's already, <laughs> it means so little to him. He probably handed it to some, like, random assistant while they were on the field and then has an that's there. That's a lie.
0: He knows
1: exactly where
2: it's <laughs> at. Oh, yeah.
0: You're trying to tell me that this man who runs around the field all day, who knows all these positions and everything going on in this organization, doesn't know where he put Tom Brady's gift? Yeah, that's a little fishy to me.
2: I would would kill to see the text messages between Vrabel and Brady. (laughs) Because that is probably a wild chat.
0: I mean, it has to be. The interactions were just off the chart. And uh, we talked about on today's podcast, our training, our uh, joint practice number two podcast. But Mike was out there and Brady threw a ball, deep ball to Ben Watson. And Ben Watson tried to one hand catch it and didn't uh, come down with it. And Bull yells at Tom. He goes, "That would have never happened with your tight end one when I was there, because you know he caught all those passes." So I mean, like, just the shit talk just flowing constantly.
1: Yeah, he was getting he was yelling at Tom Brady for walking onto the practice field instead of running or something. I think on at the beginning of Wednesday's practice too. You guys talked about that too. You guys should check out the practice recaps with Mike Herndon of MusicCityMiracles.com because they're very informative. And speaking of those practices, I thought it was pretty cool that the Titans get to work. I mean, there's only one team in the whole NFL that gets to work this offseason against last year's Super Bowl champions. So it's pretty cool that the Titans get to compare themselves. I mean, not that they are comparing themselves, but just to be on the field to see how they're stacking up against this team I don't know if they're stacking up particularly well. I think these practices were pretty up and down overall. But what, what, James, what did you expect to see from the Titans against the Patriots in terms of the the quality of play? And how did that actually play out, do you think?
2: Well, I figured it was going to be a mixed bag, to be honest. Um, I mean, it's Belichick. He's going to try some stuff out. Um, they have, a, of course, a Super Bowl winning team. So... You know, we're going to get away with some things and other things might not work. We still have a first-time play caller in Art Smith. Um, but overall, I honestly, what we got is what I expected. Um, I didn't expect us to do overwhelmingly good, but I didn't expect us to do awful either. Zach, did you make it?
0: No, no, I wasn't able to make it. I had uh, obligations that popped up at the last minute both days. Uh, I'm pretty pissed off that I didn't get to make it <laughs> because the way that... Uh, Mike describes watching Tom Brady and Bill Belichick off off Mike. He described it as one of the greatest moments of his life uh, because he said it was just phenomenal to watch these professionals play, to see Brady just rip into wide receivers as soon as he knew that they weren't running the correct route. Um, just the way that they practiced, the energy that they brought and um I think that in terms of the level of competition, we probably ride, probably rose to the best that we could with the limited resources because we have a lot of injuries and stuff. But I, I think that I think in the game, you'll see a competitive game because it was a pretty competitive practice for the most part when you look at it overall. Uh, when the ones were going up against each other, uh, Brady's just on another level. So right. respect to him for continuing to just prove that age is just a number at this <laughs> point. I mean, until, until, until I see it, I don't, I'm never going to believe in the uh, downfall of the Patriots until it's actually already happened. I'm never going to try to predict it or jump on that bandwagon unless it's actually a done season they did not compete in the playoffs and they were not in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's really cool for, okay, I know Marcus Mariota is not watching Tom Brady because the offense doesn't practice against the offense, but I definitely think it's beneficial for Mariota's development to be at practice with Tom Brady because even if Mariota himself isn't looking over at what's going on, Brabel is, and other Titans coaches are and there's definitely going to be things that whether it's conscious or not in the back of their mind that they're thinking we should try to add this to our to the way we do things or that was a interesting way that they handled that period or something like that that I think will end up benefiting the whole team but Mariota specifically because we're that's the person we talk about the most and want to see the most improvement from so just being in training camp with Tom Brady you can't hurt that kind of thing. I don't know if you guys saw Mike Rice's tweet. Mike Rice is the, I think that's how you say his last name. He's the NFL Nation reporter for the Patriots for ESPN. He tweeted, of all Patriots joint practices in the last decade or so, the last two days with the Titans were among the best I've seen. Would imagine coaches Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel are pleased. I don't really, he doesn't get very specific here, so I don't know if he's necessarily talking about the Titans being good, but I imagine he's talking about the quality of the competition on the field, which that's a pretty promising tweet to read.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up, uh, talking about how great the practices have gone. I really think that this isn't the last time that we're going to see these two teams. I, I don't know how these team, how teams are picked or anything, so I could be completely off base, but I kind of feel like this could be a annual thing. For for a little bit. I I think it's more likely than not that we'll see the Patriots come back again next year because it does seem that everybody enjoys their time here. And I'm sure that it helps that Bill Belichick has a house over in uh, Leapers Fork or wherever it's at, which is, you know, 40 minutes away from Nashville. So
2: something I think about is the the cultures, um, the culture that John Robinson brought in and then the additive that Mike Vrabel gave it um so these teams are coming in here i don't i don't want to say there's a lot of familiarity but there's uh how would i put it so like when a team comes in they're expecting like a john gruden team and the rams you know uh they're kind of feeling chippy they're ready to go at each other i don't i don't want to call it family between the titans and the the patriots but there's a lot of uh relationships in that building And that's why I think it seems a little bit looser than maybe something else, like another team coming in. It's
1: also hard to expect the defense to really do particularly well against a quarterback like Tom Brady in practice where there's no game planning and no contact, and they can't like, you know, because the way to beat Brady is to get interior pressure and start knocking him down early, and that's not even allowed in practice. So I'm not worried about the fact that apparently um, he was dotting people up I think something interesting that Vrabel said in training camp t- or at the pra- something interesting Vrabel said at the press conference today was that he wants to continue to do joint practices, but only with teams that he trusts not to share information. So I think the Patriots, like you said, Zach, are a team that are definitely a strong candidate to be back again next year because if anyone's not sharing information, it's the Patriots. True. Sure.
0: Yeah, it that that was a weird comment. It was a me. weird comment. I mean, because you never hear of other teams having a breach of security except for the Patriots. <laughs> because the Patriots <laughs> had spike. So it, it it was a weird thing for someone to say. So there must be there must be something to that. What has Vrabel seen or been a part of that he felt the need to say that? That's that's my question I have in it, and Vrabel was on the Spygate team, so maybe he's just <laughs> you know just kind of outing the Patriots, but I don't know. It, it was just odd. It was an odd one of those odd sound bites that you kind of wonder where did that come from.
1: I think Mike Vrabel is really really good at being charismatic while he says nothing to the media in a lot of words, and every once in a while he like says something like that. That is more real, you know, and then he doesn't elaborate or explain what he's talking about. So it's that was a very strange comment for him to make today. (laughs) I think we should take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about Marcus Mariota and the upcoming preseason game against these New England Patriots. So stick around. We'll be right back. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he still he's, he throws at a guy that's
2: open. You know, what I mean, that's what he does. And and he you know we want to try to get to a point where, you know, we take advantage of every mistake they make on all three phases. And I think that's the one thing that the Patriots do is they take advantage of whatever mistakes you you make.
1: Mike Vrabel talking about Tom Brady and the Patriots and how they take advantage of teams' mistakes. Hopefully, the Titans can take advantage of their mistakes in the preseason game that is on Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central in Nashville. Starters are expected to play probably about a quarter. No one's actually said that. That's just typically what happens in preseason week two. We're going to start our discussion of this game by talking about Mariota and how important his performance is in this game. Is it important at all? Does he need to throw a touchdown pass to take people to take the pressure off of himself and... The national media, what do you guys think? The, what do you think Marcus has to do in this game?
0: Well, I don't think it's super important that Marcus throws a touchdown because we all know that Ryan Tannehill is going to be a starter week one, so it really doesn't matter <laughs> what he does in games. games. Uh, no, uh, I, I, I think that it's very, very, very important. I don't think it's very important for Marcus or very important for the Titans per se, I think it's very important for Titans Twitter that Marcus <laughs> throws a touchdown. We need to see a head and shoulders better game than what we saw. Uh, and I don't think that he necessarily had a bad game on week one. But we need to see him be clearly better than Ryan Tannehill if he plays the f- full quarter. If if he gets two drives, they need to be two stellar drives uh for sure i i think i think we need it as titans fans and social media mavens we need that
2: it is absolutely the most important thing for him to do well one for my mental health and two to shut up twitter and to shut up the national media so they can stop talking about this goddamn controversy who my friend somehow seems convinced that the Titans leaked.
0: So, you, 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 one of your friends thinks that the Titans are purposely leaking a quarterback controversy to do what
2: they think. Well, he thinks, and he's ready to swear on his family Mike Hudson. I love you, but this was dumb. Uh, um, oh, call him out by name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you throw out his, as, you, his cell phone number or mailing address, <laughs> Twitter account? Social yeah
1: you might as well put his Twitter handle out there so people can can at him right
2: <laughs> uh, well no he doesn't he doesn't use twitter anymore uh i I don't even remember what it is, but anyway he uh he seems convinced that the Titans leaked this controversy um so that it could light a fire under Mariota, which makes no sense to me because i Mariota just doesn't seem like that kind of player um He doesn't seem like the one that you can light a fire under like that. Um, Like with Brady and Garoppolo is the analogy that we drew from that, that Garoppolo got traded because Brady was pretty sure Garoppolo was going to be the next best thing. Uh, So he was just, he's absolutely convinced that they did it, and I just don't believe it at all. And going back to this preseason game, it's very important for him to have this important game. If it's one quarter, if it's two drives, it needs to be two touchdowns. Because if he doesn't have that, they are going to keep talking about it and it is going to annoy the shit out of me.
1: Like, it doesn't matter if the Titans come out and kick three field goals on Mariota drives or go for it on fourth down again in field goal range and don't convert. Like, it literally doesn't mean anything about the season. And there's been so many games for the Titans, just in the NFL in general, where the first quarter is like slow and low scoring and then... In the second quarter, in the second half, offenses pick up and they score touchdowns more regularly. I think more scoring happens in the second half, just in general. So it's always hard to that to establish that kind of rhythm in a preseason game when you don't really have the you're not really making adjustments or anything. Mm-hmm. So all that said, though, I agree with you guys. People are not going to shut up unless Mariota plays really well, and I think just throwing a touchdown pass because. I've always believed that stats without context are meaningless, and you should know that if you follow me on Twitter, but I've said this before, for 2019, Mariota stats do matter because they just do, the context is finally irrelevant, you know, it's like if you can't put up stats, it doesn't matter why after five years, so just getting a touchdown pass on the board, just like getting the stats going, you know, just to help fuel the offense this season, and give them something to build on going forward. I really want to see it. I really want to see Mario to become the face of the franchise that he is. And it starts by taking.
0: Well, if you want uh, him to see, if you want him to become the face of the franchise, then he currently isn't the face of the franchise.
1: I disagree. I think
0: he is the face. That's your words. You said that he has to become the face of the franchise.
1: I said he has to become the face of the franchise that he is. Because Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is he needs to carry himself and he needs to have the marketability of a face of a franchise because currently he is the face of the franchise. And I think the problem is that he's so boring that the Titans are boring. It's not that... Because if Luan was the true face of the franchise, people would care about the Titans because they'd care about lawan being a interesting funny but don't good. they
0: hate lawan so doesn't that make him kind of like the the villain mm-hmm. face of the franchise like it's not i'm not necessarily saying that he's a likable person i'm just saying that ta- we're, we're arguing about who the face of the franchise is and i think it's taylor Lewan because he's got social media presence which marcus absolutely doesn't he is on Rich Eisen. He's on Good Morning Football. He has his own podcast. He has Reach. He's feuding with Barstool Sports. Marcus is just in the background eating spam and watching Family Feud. So <laughs> I, I don't know that, you know, feel like that Marcus is anything other than he's just a pretty face, is really all he is. No substance.
2: He's milk toast. Th- he's milk toast. It's not it's not
1: untrue. None of those things are untrue, but the difference is people outside of Nashville still don't know that well who Taylor like who Taylor Lewan is. The thing that a face of a I think we're getting caught up on the in the definition of a face of a franchise. Taylor Lewan is a NFL superstar personality, but he's not the face of the franchise because he's not the first player that a random average NFL fan will think of when they think of the Titans. They'll still think of Mariota. And my point is that the face of the franchise isn't necessarily the most marketable person on the team with the most personality. It's just the most famous. And the Titans have a boring face of the franchise. They have exciting players on their team. Those guys, Kevin Byard, Taylor LeJuan, they just aren't the face. And I think if... It wasn't mariota if i had to name a second place it would be derrick henry i was about to say mostly that. because yeah because like people people get their opinions from fantasy football and the only player you can draft on the titans with any amount of comfort right now early is probably derrick henry right delaney
2: walker well
0: i, well, I would say cory davis would be the second i think cory davis is still in fantasy football right now and if if you're in the eighth round and Corey Davis is somehow still there and you're passing up on him, you need to go look in the mirror. Like, well, if you if you, It's yeah, ridiculous. Sorry. It's just ridiculous how low he is. Uh,
1: exactly my point though, because as Titans fans, we're around. We see the hype, we see the buzz that usually follows the type of breakout season that you would draft Corey Davis for. But nationally, he's still a nobody. Just like. That's why Derrick Henry is going ahead of him. Delaney Walker's not even like Delaney Walker's almost a forgotten afterthought in fantasy this year because he missed all of last season. And he's injured. It's just it's just he was injured. Yeah, exactly. And people don't know if he's gonna be the same or whatever, but people aren't bothering to look into it because the Titans are boring because their face of the franchise is boring. If Taylor Lewan was the face of the franchise, the Titans wouldn't be boring. Even if it was a villainous face <laughs> like Cam Newton kinda is, you know. Where some people, where he's polarizing.
2: I don't think Cam's a. I think he's a he's a good face.
1: But he's a polarizing face. A lot of people hate Cam Newton. Eh,
0: I don't want to get. Into I, that. I think a lot of people underappreciate Cam Newton. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think, I'm pro I, Cam Newton.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I am. I wasn't, and I have since become pro Cam Newton. Um, but that that's a whole different story that we don't have to get into. Here's what I'm gonna say. When there was the pictures up on the website for the header for the uh TitansOnline.com, the guy that is on the red carpet mingling with people and talking to everybody, Taylor LeWan. Marcus was always in the background behind Taylor LeWan. I understand that probably more people know 32 NFL quarterbacks. More so before they probably will name the first offensive tackle, but that does not mean that Taylor Lewan is not the future and the face of this franchise. Because if you're saying that Marcus is the face of the franchise, then you're saying that Marcus is going to be here long term, and you cannot say that with certainty. You can't you say that with Taylor Lewan.
1: You can't even say it with confidence. I agree. Yeah. I think that he's a he's his time as the face. Maybe running out. I hope it's not. I think that Taylor lawan is the face of the franchise in Nashville. I'll give you Nashville. Yes. But
0: Can't outside I, of Arkansas.
1: I, I want to
2: I <laughs> ask you something.
1: Why does anyone want Arkansas? <laughs> I don't know. It was
0: just the first state that popped in my head for whatever reason. You can have oh, go, go okay. raise backs.
2: Um, Justin, uh-huh. what is your exact definition for face of the franchise?
1: the player that an average NFL fan who doesn't know anything about your team thinks of first when someone asks them to name a player on your okay, team. So, but is that
0: fair? Mm-hmm. Does their opinion really matter if they don't really know anything about football?
2: No. But that's who they're going to think of. I mean,
0: of. But- I, mean, I, mean I, get, I get that argument. I really do. And I know that's the biggest argument against me. But it's such an unfair advantage for those who think that Marcus is because... To me, it's like, why do we care about what Sally says when she's asked? I mean, my mom knows who Taylor LeJuan is, but she knows who Marcus is and stuff. But she knows Taylor. I mean, people know. I What what drives me insane is, uh, is you and Jamal. Uh, <laughs> at, uh, Jamalism. at, at Jamalisms. At uh, Jamalisms. Don't go to his webpage. It's got some weird stuff yeah, on please, there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, But y'all text these people and these people are like, well, I don't even really know who Taylor LeJuan is. And I'm thinking, why are they your friends if they don't know anything about football? Because I try to surround myself with football fans because football is a big part of my life. I have podcasts. I go to all the home games that I can go to. Uh, I've been a fan for a while. Like to me, I play fantasy football. To me, I know, I will say I probably don't know everybody's left tackle in the NFL. I'm sure there's two or three teams that are first off still up in the air. But I know the majority of the offensive linemen, starting offensive linemen for most teams. And maybe that means I'm obsessive. But does it really matter that your grandma, the only Titan that she knows is Marcus Mariota? Just because maybe she lives over on the West Coast or whatever.
1: All right, I'll take, I'll give you all Die Hard fans, LaWan, Die Hard NFL fans, LaWan is a face of the franchise. General dumbass public, it's Mariota. I'll take that
0: because I feel like the general dumbass uh, public and uh, Marcus go hand in hand very well. I mean, I
2: (laughs) I think you're both wrong. Do you, do you? Are you pro Derrick Henry? Or are you trying to? Um, that's go exactly what I, I've been waiting five fucking minutes to say that neither Lawan or Mariota is the face of this franchise because one, Derrick Henry comes from Alabama, so they're national champions for what? How many years running? Uh, I think they lost recently, but still, he's coming from that program. He's a power back, and everybody loves fantasy football, and they're always looking for those touchdown vultures. I'm just, I think, you know, you have Mariota who's muck toast and you have Lawan who's just that Nashville favorite who I love to death. I have his Jersey hanging in my living room, it, it, but he's still the left tackle people. People aren't going to know who he is. And <laughs> if you do know who he is, you're either a Titan fan or you're a Jags fan because Jaguar fans let, let, fucking hate Taylor LaJuan.
0: Let, let me ask you this one. I'm sure they hate Derrick Henry too. <laughs> uh, after that, I do yeah, yeah, Um, is it weird that none of us have said the recently paid, highest paid safety in the NFL, Kevin Byard?
2: Well, Mr. Snub from yeah, the top 100. We get, we get mad,
0: yeah. And we get mad at Dion Sanders for saying that he's just a fan, but none of us have really brought him up as a potential face of the franchise. I don't think he is. And, in fact, I think the Titans are building Rashawn Evans up as a pillar of the Titans' uh, Parthenon or whatever. So... Oh, wow. I, I think I, I go, ahead,
2: go uh, ahead. I was going to say, Kevin is a face of the franchise to us on the defense. He's the leader of the defense. But going off Justin's definition for face of franchise, I, I can't really mention Kevin because nobody knows him.
0: I think Derrick Henry is a, is a makes a case and I'm mm-hmm. an Alabama fan and I'm an Alabama Titans fan. So Derrick Henry is the perfect marriage of both of my football loves. Sure. Um, so I can see that. Uh, I think he needs a little bit more personality out there besides his little workout videos or workout pictures that he takes. Um, but I could see it. I think I think Derek Henry is a in the conversation, but he's definitely a distant third.
1: I think he's a dark horse to be the face of the franchise by the bye, which is what week
0: yeah. twelve. Or yeah, if he performs consistently and at the beginning then we will revamp this whole thing, and you can throw my hat in on the Derrick Henry as uh, the face of the franchise thing.
1: Same. I think that Kevin Byard is more It's more of an indictment of the people who cover the NFL than anything else that, that he isn't a well-known person in NFL circles. Like, the other players not voting him in the top 100 is because he doesn't get coverage, because the Titans don't get coverage. That He doesn't get it. Any, I mean, it's just people don't know who he is because they are lazy and they will find out soon enough. So I think that 2019 has the chance to be a big year for a lot of guys if they can put it together. Speaking of guys, there's a lot of guys we're looking forward to seeing in the Titans-Patriots game. We're going to talk about all of them and get into our bold predictions when we come back from this very quick commercial break.
0: I feel great, and that's a credit to to Art. Art has done an amazing job, really, since he stepped in as as the OC, of making everybody feel comfortable and just allowing guys to go out there and have confidence um, and just knowing what to do. So, a lot of credit to Art. I think, you know, for the most part, guys are are flying and making plays. It's just, can we sustain it and and play with a level of consistency?
1: Okay, we are back. That was again Mariota speaking after training camp practice on Wednesday. Zach, let's start with the guys that you're looking at besides Mariota to watch closely in this game.
0: Can you say his last name again? Because it it sounds like you are trying to sell me Japanese sushi when you say his last name. He does enunciate it. The enunciation is killing me tonight.
1: The correct Hawaiian pronunciation of Marcus Mariota is to enunciate the T. And if I'm talking really fast, I'll say Mariota, like it has a D. But if you want to be proper, which I just do sometimes because I'm a loser, I say Mariota.
0: Well, I'll say this pro tip. Here's a pro tip for you guys and a little peek behind the curtain. I get, I get, when I drink, I have a real thick country accent and (laughs) I psych myself out when I'm going to say Mariota and I just instead just say Marcus on the podcast. Even when I'm reading other people's tweets, I will always just say Marcus because I'm so afraid for whatever reason my country accent's going to kick in and I'm going to say Mariota. Yeah. And so, pro tip, just call him Marcus. <laughs> That's a nice tip. But But I like the Mariota because I mean you just sound so prim and proper. <laughs> I, I'm actually am very curious to watch Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if he is if he's just that one hit wonder or if he's actually gonna really be good and be legit. And I'm actually also really, I really wanna see Delaney Walker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been misconstrued that I'm a Delaney Walker hater, but I just wanna see him and Marcus's connection out there and see him run the routes, be, be the same old Delaney. I just wanna see it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Delaney was a guy I had on my list as well. It's a it's the first time he's played since week one, if he plays, which he said he would today. it'll be the first time since week one of last season. It's pretty crazy.
2: Do we have confirmation that AJ Brown is going to be in this game? Nope. Damn it. Because he's one that I really want to see. Uh, Another one I'm going to be having my eye on is going to be David Long Jr. who I saw a tweet from Buck uh, actually comparing him to Jayon, not just with his personality, but the way that he's kind of like flying over the field and is um, how excited he is to play the game. and That makes me really excited for David Long Jr.
1: Yeah, you can see that on tape too. He's always a guy that jumps up after a play. It's interesting cuz Mike Vrabel was asked this the other day about how how do you bring energy to a how like who do you look to to bring energy or something like that? And Mike Vrabel was like It was interesting because the person who asked the question, I think it was PK, but I'm not 100% on that, was trying to see like who are your go-to leaders for energizing people. And he was actually asking about the offense, but it applies to the defense because Mike Vrabel doesn't have go-to players that he looks to to energize the offense. Mike Vrabel said, whoever makes a play, whoever makes a play is the guy energizing people because plays are what get people hyped up and going. And it's really funny because PK wants him to say Marcus. He wants him to say we need our quarterback to, you know, because PK's being PK about it. Goodbye. But um, yeah. But it's interesting because if you think back to 2017, when Marcus stiff armed Barry Church and threw the block for Henry and the, against the Chiefs, were those not incredibly energizing plays? A whole team going crazy on the sideline. It, so I it, think, like,
0: <laughs> it, it, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's just funny oh. because uh, Tress Wynn and Zach. It's tra- um, no, tra- it's Tress. It's spelled T. Tra- <laughs> tra- uh, tra- and. and uh, And uh, Zach Bingham got into it um, during the A to Z morning broadcast this morning. And Tress, Uno Dos Tres, uh, was talking, was taking your side, which I agree with. And Zach was saying, no, you need to have players that are constantly hyping you up because Tress, Uno Dos Tres, um, (laughs) shared a gif after the Kansas City block of Marcus going over and it had all defensive players and Marcus and Zach Bingham try to make this a thing that that's what I'm saying. You know, the defensive players because Tom Brady is so energetic and he does this and he does that. And then he snorts a line of cocaine and keeps on talking down to Tress. And uh, I think that in the end, you're right. the pl- And Vrabel's right. The play on the field is what matters. That's what gets everybody hyped. When he, when Marcus is throwing blocks, we can all critique that oh, maybe he shouldn't do that because, you know, he could, you know, get injured. But the team loves it. That's what they love about Marcus. Those little moments, I think, erase a lot of feelings about Marcus with the team. And he has a lot of those moments built up. He has a lot of good karma, uh, as I would say, built up. So... I think you're right. The, the plays on the field and the players that do those plays, when they get up, like, I guess they called uh, A to Z, called uh, David Long a screamer today, mm-hmm. which was poor cho- choice in words. <laughs> but uh, it still does get everybody hyped, and he's a six-round rookie making a play, and he's hyped about his own play. That's going to infect everybody else. So I think the plays more so than one player is the way to
2: go. Marcus is a very much lead by example. Um, But I think you do need one or two of those players that kind of grabs you by your face mask and just kind of like David Long, you know, screaming. Cause I mean, we had the Patriots. I'm going to use this example. Um, It was a few years ago and I still remember it to this day because it even hyped me up. Um, Tom Brady ran like five yards and it took him like 10 seconds to get that five yards. But (laughs) He ran the five yards, got the first down, went down, got up, and then did the little first down, like really fucking got into it. He did the first down signal. And that entire crowd (laughs) was going fucking crazy. And just kind of like having players like that I think really helps the team. But, you know, Marcus leads by example, and, you know, he has his own way of doing it.
1: And the Titans have those players. Their names are Delaney Walker and Taylor Lewan. So I don't even know what the deal is. Because PK even said, besides Delaney and Taylor, who on the off, like, well, you you named them. It's Delaney and Taylor. Like I said, he was just trying to get him to talk about Mariota. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You should have said Ryan Tannehill. James, what about Art Smith's play calling are you looking forward to in this game?
2: Well, I'm curious to see what he's going to bring right out of the gate. I mean, we're going to have Marcus for maybe a quarter. Uh, like you said, I mean, we don't have that guaranteed, but at least two, three drives. I'm curious to see what he's going to have dialed up. We're going to have Delaney back. Um, I know Adam Humphreys went into the locker room today, which terrifies me. Um, but if we get Adam back, we have Delaney. I don't know if Corey's going to play. He seems healthy. Uh, Taewon hopefully doesn't continue to have shitty games. So I'm curious to see how he's going to open that up.
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit on our podcast after that game about how with the first and second team, with Tannehill and Mariota, Art called 12 run plays against 24 pass plays, which is a pretty crazy ratio. So I'm definitely interested to see if the ratio looks a little more balanced this game or if they keep attacking through the air, which we would all hope, I think we all hope continues to happen.
2: I mean, it doesn't count. Why not? Just fucking air it out.
1: Yeah, and go for it on fourth down. I don't care if there's a kicker out there. I want you to go for it on fourth down and do two point conversions. It's much more exciting.
0: Yeah, I think the Art Smith play calling in the first game, I want to see that at least maintain that level of aggressiveness. If I see a dip back, I mean, it's understandable if you see a dip back because you got to think, okay, we showed a lot of aggressiveness the first game. Let's dial it back and just kind of, you know, see what we can do on the ground. But. I think as fans, I think we want to see Art Smith just be aggressive and be aggressive and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let's let's get it done and let's get it done through the air. We we need to see a modern NFL offense. And I feel like we saw that as a whole last week. So let's continue that. Let's continue seeing that.
2: If it came Amen. up forever, I wouldn't be too mad only because I know we're going to meet them in the AFC championship game and I don't want them to have a lot of tape on our matchups.
0: Well, that's true. But I mean, you, Bill Belichick's always going to be prepared. You might as well just do whatever you want to do, because if you're going to worry about Bill Belichick, it's like worrying about Nick Saban. Uh, If, If you, if you play him once, like, okay, he's played Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence beat him. The next time he plays Trevor Lawrence, it's over. You know, Trevor Lawrence is not going to beat Nick Saban two times in a row. Mm-hmm. So, I'm clipping
1: that. I'm clipping yeah. it. I'm clipping it. Uh,
0: clip it. it. <laughs> because the same thing happened with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, you know, played him once, and then here comes Deshaun Watson, and then he loses. I believe that's sure. right, right? That yeah.
1: sounds right.
0: I think that was right. And that- uh, yeah, I think I think Deshaun Watson was still there for that second one.
1: Uh, actually, I just looked it up. Deshaun Watson lost to Alabama in the championship his sophomore year and then beat Alabama in the championship his junior year, which was the last year of college for him.
2: Hmm. So, I
1: don't know. Bucky. I don't know about
0: that. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him.
1: Whoa, that was the bold strategy clip, which means it's time to make bold predictions.
0: Oh, my God, did I enter in a... uh... A morning zone, uh wake up, like, is this a shock jock thing?
2: Uh, only, be- <laughs> only better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Easy. Where, where am I? It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Oh, No.
1: <laughs> That's right. It's time for bold predictions. Let's start with our guest, Zach Lyons. Do you have a bold prediction?
0: I do. Amani Hooker, 2.5 sacks. Whoa. Wait a minute. Sorry. Wrong Amani. Amani Bledsoe, 2.5 sacks. Uh, Okay. All
1: right. All right. That's one of my matchups to watch. Yeah. Amani Bledsoe, Isaiah Mack on the D line. I don't know if both guys are going to make the roster,
0: but one of them will. Shouldn't they both make the roster? Like, I didn't get into this with Buck and um, Mike here today, but I was kind of thinking. It feels like Isaiah Mack's performance last week, if it continues and Amani's continues to get first-team reps for whatever random reason over Isaiah Mack, I don't know. I kind of feel like both should make it at some point. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's definitely possible. I don't know. It's definitely possible.
0: But, yeah, I think Amani Bledsoe is going to get 2.5 sacks this week. That is bold. Put it in Bold
1: bold strategy cotton (laughs) james do you have a bold prediction
2: titan fans are you sitting down god damn it
0: (laughs) well hopefully they are hopefully nobody listens to this podcast uh
2: if you're driving if you're driving pull (laughs) over
0: if you're jogging stop
1: what are you doing go inside jesus if you're
2: working out put the weight away Marcus Mariota is going to have a bad game.
0: I'm sorry, James is pronounced Mariota.
2: Yeah, Mariota. He's going to have a bad game. He's going to throw one to two picks. No, he's and not. And Ryan Tannehill fans are going to be showing up to our gates like the White Walkers, and they are going to be charging. And it is going to be a bad game for Marcus. I want a stat line prediction
1: from you since you're going as far as to say one to two picks.
2: Okay. I'm going to say, that's a good question. Okay. We can clip this out anyway. Mm -hmm. Take your time. I'm going to say five for nine with 67 yards and two interceptions.
0: Oh my God. I'd kill myself. So would I. (laughs) So So would I. I would not only kill myself. Someone's coming down with me. I mean, it's going (laughs) to be because if there, I could not be on the. I'd have to shut down our Twitter account, our podcast. I'd have to sell all these microphones. I'd probably have to give away Huxley because I'd be unfit. Twitter will be unbearable. Yeah, if if he throws two interceptions and no touchdowns, my word, I don't think I can handle it.
2: Neither can I, but that's my bold prediction.
0: That's it's, it's a bold one. It's bold. It makes me want to
2: change
1: mine just to combat you, but I'm not going to. But oh. it makes me want to. I just want you to know that. <laughs> um, my bold prediction is that Taewon Taylor goes over 100 receiving yards. That was my bold prediction last week. I was very, very wrong. But I do think that a week of strong practices from Taewon Taylor might be enough for him to enter this game fresh, continue the momentum from the practice, put the Eagles game in the rearview mirror. Taewon Taylor has reportedly had a great connection with Tannehill. I imagine they'll get a ton of reps together in the second and third quarters if Tannehill plays into the third quarter. And against backups, Taewon Taylor is going to be out there making plays. I said this exact same thing last week, and I was proved to be a fool. This week, it's happening, and all Titans fans will be back in on the Taewon Taylor hype train.
2: That's bolder than mine, man.
0: No. I, I, I would kind of agree. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think both are equal. I cannot believe that I have the uh, least bold prediction out of everybody. It's called yeah.
2: bold predictions. I'm not going to give you the Marcus Mariota yeah. of bold predictions. You get you y- Zach. You have a D lineman who's a nobody
1: getting over two sacks, and you're right. It's the least
0: Who's a nobody getting 100 yards? And Khalif Raymond couldn't even get 100 yards, and he's 10 times better than Taewon
1: Taylor. (laughs) that hurt? If Taewon Taylor had caught the two drops in random out-of-bounds play from last week, he would have been pretty close.
0: He was literally looking at the line to go (laughs) out-of-bounds. That's (laughs) what killed me. He looked at it. He's like, yeah, I got to put my foot there on that white line. I could put it over here. And be in bounce, but no, that white line is looking good.
1: The slow mo play, the slow mo replay of it is really, really <laughs> like it looks like he's playing a child's game of the floor is lava and the sideline is yeah. safe. <laughs> okay, James, do you have any last words? I pray to God that I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, Zach, I'm so glad that you joined us for this podcast.
0: I don't know. That, that sounds sincere. That looks like it was pre-written.
1: Did no, you, you have the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> you have the rundown. I didn't write that. It says, we'll be back Monday morning recapping Saturday's game and catching up on everything
0: else. That's all I wrote. All right. I'm <laughs> sure you're not giving me some pre-written uh, script shit. No, it's just... Uh, on your podcast?
2: Yeah. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Oh, there yeah. you go.
0: I just feel like
1: we talk so much on Twitter. It's just great to... And I don't know if the people even know that, but we do. And it's just great to talk in person, even though it's not face-to-face.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's great that Titans fans can connect all across uh, the US of A. And, I, and, you know, see each other in person and be able to hang out and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you, you guys came in for... um the live show and everything. And we got to see a bunch of different people that are listeners and stuff. And I think, I think football's just is so cool in that way is that we're, we are all bonded, whether it's, you know, joy or the pure misery that the tides have brought upon us, but we all share in that misery as a, uh, as a group and a collective and we can all get along for the most part.
2: That uh, Jeffrey Simmons pick is always going to be special to
0: us. (laughs) It probably will be, as long as it was a Garrett Bradbury. But that was one pick
2: earlier. (laughs) Why do you have to (laughs) remind me?
0: (laughs) All
1: righty. I think that's going to do it for us today. We might have a Film Another F-Words episode for you in a year. Who knows? That's how long it takes to make them.
0: It does. It takes forever. I don't know (laughs) who edits those. (laughs) <laughs> some
1: slow ass editor outside. I don't know man Someone needs to kick him in the in the ass right yeah is that a, is that a phrase kick him in the pants kick in the pants yeah, I think Marcus the Mariota
2: needs the kick in the pants I'll tell you what
1: please follow Zach on Twitter at FWordsPod follow James at South Texas Titan and me at Titans Film Room and we're going to do another podcast soon it's going to be Monday morning and we'll recap the game and maybe we'll talk to Mike this weekend. I don't know. That might happen. That'd be cool, right? <laughs> we love you, Mike. I like there's music playing now. I'm going to have music playing now. We're just like, talking <laughs> over the music.
0: I mean, he's okay. He's all right. Yeah,
1: we love Zach Moore. If you subscribe to our podcast, you'll also get MCM Radio with Jimmy and Terry. What? It's a two for A two-for-one
0: subscribe thing. What a deal. What a deal. That is crazy. And you've just been effed.
1: Yes, he said that. Get part of the music.
0: Yeah. Well, we've added the "Hell Yeah" from uh, Mike to the to to the beginning.
1: Oh, is that a permanent thing?
0: Oh yeah, we're we're keeping that nice for for the regular pod. Right. I like (laughs) to throw in random intros and outros for the other pods.
1: Yeah, the thing you did with Mike threw me off a little bit cuz I was like, hey, is this an ad? Is this the show? What am I listening to?" <laughs> oh, I got
0: people on their toes. All right, well, I, I got to go. And are we still recording?
1: Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, thanks I, for the I don't, really
0: don't care. But uh thanks. I don't care what sound bites you guys use. I could say anything on here. I wouldn't care. Uh but no, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we love you. Love you guys. And uh, I think Mike just said that he's he's off and ready to record. So fuck him.
2: All
0: right. (laughs) On the podcast if you want. Fuck that. Fuck that Mike guy, Mike Miracles. He's a real diva.
2: (laughs) I'll tell you what, we got Mike on right now for a 20-minute camp interview.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right. All right. See y'all later. Love you. Thanks, dude. See ya.
1: You want to? Let's do it. Yeah.